This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to let you know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Over 2 million men worldwide have joined the movement for all their below-the-waist needs. Engineers for the last 18 months have perfected the greatest hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can choose the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other items by going to manscaped.com and you can also save 20% by using the promo code State of Saints. That's manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and save 20% on the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Happy Monday to you. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope everyone enjoyed the three-day NFL draft. Finally, Who That Nation, the Saints have made their selection for the 2021 season. Some of the picks had a scratch in our heads, but some of the picks we can all agree that they were positions of need. And thank you to everybody that checked out the live reaction show, the second annual live reaction show of the State of the Saints podcast, episode number 700 on Thursday night. That's right. 700 episodes of the State of the Saints podcast have taken place. And I want to say thank you all for spending those four hours with your truly. And it has beaten more views than the actual first annual on last year. So thank you all for making that possible. And if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast, go ahead and put your thumbs up, okay? Go ahead and give me the Arthur Fonzarelli. Some of y'all old enough to know what I'm talking about when I say them with the old A. You know what I'm saying? Hit me with the thumbs up, all right? And if you're new, subscribe to the channel. But let's go ahead and talk about what we're here today to talk about. Let's talk about cornerback Richard Sherman. All-Pro, Richard Sherman. Multi-time Pro Bowler, Richard Sherman. Trash talker, Richard Sherman. Best quarterback in the league for a very long time, Richard Sherman. All right? And we're talking about Richard Sherman because Richard Sherman has been on the lips of all Saints fans all across the country and around the world because the question on everybody's mind is, will the New Orleans Saints Go after Richard Sherman. And it only 
added to the fire, the, the, the thirst of the Houdat Nation when Richard Sherman was on Stephen A. World, the, the show that's hosted on ESPN by Stephen A. Smith, and Richard Sherman had this to say. What's going on with you? Where are you going to end up playing football next year? It's, it's, it's you know, it's it's on pause. Um, you know, I got to wait through, wait through this draft process. Obviously, the first round, a lot of teams got corners. Some teams didn't get the corners they wanted, you know. And, and I think once this draft process completes, my phone will ring a little more with people who expected to get a guy and didn't get the guy they wanted. You know, I'm not as in control as I was. You know, at, at 33, you know, it's right. just like, it doesn't matter what you put on tape. It's like, ah, Father Tom is undefeated. And so I just got to continue to stay in shape, continue to stay ready. Uh, obviously, a return to San Francisco isn't out of the cards. Um, I've had conversations with Seattle. I've had conversations with the Saints, um, the Raiders. And, mm -hmm. you know, we just got to wait to see how things play out. <sighs> so as you can see, Richard Sherman mentioned the New Orleans Saints as one of the teams that was interested in his services. And this is also a guy who understands his age. He understands that he's 33 years old. He understands in the eyes of NFL coaches and front offices, that's an old man. Okay. If I was playing the National Football League, I would be considered an old man. I'm 34 years old. I'm a year older than Richard Sherman. So I like to consider myself not to be an old man. And I don't consider Richard Sherman to be an old man, but we know how it goes, right? But I will say this. We're here today to talk about will the New Orleans Saints go after Richard Sherman? I'm just going to be 100% real with you all. The fact that Richard Sherman mentioned the Saints, the fact that Chris Richard is now the secondary coach of the New Orleans Saints, the fact that the Saints went out their way and moved up to draft a guy who is like the same height, the same weight, the same length, and took the same path almost similar to that of a Richard Sherman makes this more appealing to him. And not to mention, Sean Payton, when he was asked what they wanted to do with Paul Sinodibo, the cornerback the that was drafted in the third round, what did Sean Payton say? He said, I would like to start him off on the left side. Can somebody please explain to me where – was Richard Sherman bread buttered throughout the league on the left side? Now, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I guarantee you the Saints are going to try to do everything they can within their power to try to sign Richard Sherman. And it would not surprise me if he ends up being with the New Orleans Saints. And some people will say, TJ, well, look, man, you got the quarterback competition going on. You got all this stuff going on. You got all these young players. We still don't know what these guys on the team can do yet. Man, miss me with all that, all right? Look, the fact of the matter is there are going to be some growing pains if you are a rookie in the National Football League, especially playing at the cornerback position, and you need somebody out there that can be a mentor to some of these young guys. And if Richard Sherman can come in and give you what you actually need, a guy that can go out there and neutralize the field, even though he's not as fast as he once was. We know he had his Achilles injury a couple of years ago, but he's still a really smart football player. And anybody that feels like Richard Sherman will not add to the Saints defensively when it comes to the secondary, you are out of your mind. I don't care if the guy is 33 years old. We talk about Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins was about 30, what, 32 years old playing for the New Orleans Saints? And look what he did. He did an outstanding job. 
so outstanding that some of us were mad and ticked off that he had to end up leaving the Saints due to a cap casualty. So all these people out here that want to throw, he's 33, he's 33, 33. Who cares? Do you care about a person's age if they're out there balling? Absolutely not. Do you care about a guy's age if he's if he causes a sack? No. Do you care about his age if he catches an interception? No. Do you care about his age when he's throwing touchdowns? No. So why is it that we always got to be bringing up these type of things when, when a guy has, it reaches a certain age? So miss me with that. Richard Sherman would be a great addition to the New Orleans Saints because he would fit the New Orleans Saints. If you notice the Saints secondary, despite what you may think about them, they play with a lot of confidence. They play with a lot of sauce, a lot of swag. And who get who got more swag, more sauce than that of a Richard Sherman? And Richard Sherman does something that we love C.J. Gardner-Johnson for doing, which is talking trash. We love a guy that can talk trash. We love the fact that C.J. Gardner-Johnson is on the Saints team, getting into the heads of these receivers. What better way to get into the head of a receiver than locking them down and talking trash to him? So Richard Sherman coming to the New Orleans Saints, I, man, look, I am a, a supporter of it. Now, do I feel like or believe that he is coming to the New Orleans Saints? Am I definite, like 100%? Absolutely not. But I'm just saying it from my perspective, my opinion, okay? Some of you are probably, man, you don't know what you're talking about, TJ, man. You're tripping, bro. Man, man, oh, bump all that, okay? You have your opinion, I have mine. Richard Sherman would be a great addition to the New Orleans Saints, and he definitely will help a guy like Paulson Adebo. He definitely will help some of these other tall, linky cornerbacks that the Saints have picked up. People like Trill Williams out of Syracuse, a six foot two, 195 pound cornerback. Guys with size, guys with length. He definitely would help them be able to understand how to use their, their, their size and their wingspan. So, all those people out there that may not be, you know what I'm saying, lobbying for Richard Sherman, understand this. There's, there can never be enough eyes on a product. There's, there, I mean, defensively, offensively, if you have a guy out there that knows what he's doing, that can instill something inside of some of these players, that's beneficial. I don't care if he doesn't pan out with the New Orleans Saints. If he can go out there and tell – a guy what's going on and, and see the field, you know what I'm Help him to see the field. Then that right there is a fine right there. Okay. I, I'm just being serious. If he can help a guy elevate from this level to this level, then I feel like that is, is a key signing. So do I feel like the saints need to go after Richard Sherman? Hells to the yes. Okay. Hells to the yes. You try to do everything you can to try to sign this guy. Because if you look at the undrafted free agent list, what do you notice on the list? There are a lot of cornerbacks on this list, more than usual, folks. So what does that tell you? That tells you that the Saints are not sure what they have inside of the locker room, and they're not sure what's coming to camp. So they want to make sure that they put the best players in place, and they want to make sure that they get the best players available within their budget to make sure that there's not a drop-off and we don't go back to the dark ages of the 2012s and the 2013s when these guys couldn't stop traffic with a stop sign. So there you have it, folks. Do I feel like Richard Sherman should come to the New Orleans Saints? Absolutely. Will the Saints sign Richard Sherman? 
if I am given a percentage, I would have to say there's an 80, I'll say an 80% chance that the Saints are going to aggressively try to sign him. I really do. Between the respect level of that of Sean Payton, Chris Richard helping him to develop as to be the corner that he is, and not to mention a guy who is a, you know, a fellow Stanford alumni like he is with the same size, same length, same speed level, former wide receiver just like he was. And also playing on the left side, come on, man. You ain't got to be the rock to raise the eyebrow on that one. All right, that's all I'm saying. But let's go ahead and, and take some of your questions. Thank you all so much for filing in accordingly. Thank you to all the people that are here right now. Once again, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. Tell everybody that you're enjoying the State of the Saints podcast. I'm fired up to talk about Saints football today, folks. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we're going to start with, randomly, Lil J Fizzle. Uh, giving a shout out to Bobby Cross, McCordy Brothers, or or the Cornerback Brothers. I don't know exactly what we're talking about there. I know the, the McCordy twins, they're really good secondary players. Andreas uh, says, after 4 p.m., any player signs to a deal will not affect uh, compensatory picks. Saints will start making their moves after then. Well, that sounds pretty good to me because the Saints still have a lot of needs, okay? I understand that. They got guys in the NFL draft. They addressed the linebacker need where they feel like they did at Pete Werner. We don't know what Zach Bourne is going to do. Uh, Sean Payton still has uh, huge plans for Zach Bourne. He was asked that question in a press conference. And also you had, like I said, Pete Warner. Uh, and maybe you try to go out there and maybe get somebody else for depth at camp. So the New Orleans Saints uh, are not done just yet. I guarantee you they're not satisfied with what they just had. When it comes to the NFL draft and some of these undrafted free agents, you still want to combine that with guys that have been around the league. Uh, but I understand that some of these players who probably didn't get signed yet were waiting for the NFL draft to uh, take place. Some of those seasoned veterans out there like Richard Sherman. And you're probably about to start seeing these guys come off the uh, come off the free agent on why you're really, really soon. Your next is a trillion. Yeah, man. His name is a trillion Williams. AKA Trill Williams. Look, a guy named Trill Williams <laughs> can play on my team any day. Okay. Look, anybody named Trill, I'm gonna give him a shot. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sign him a, a see what he's talking about. You can't have a name like Trill and can't turn up on the field. Okay, that's that's that, I, I don't know what that is. That's, that's like an oxymoron there. Uh Vaughn says, Yeah, could we afford him? Look, I don't know if you just uh got here, Vaughn, or not, but I played the clip. And Richard Shermers was talking on Stephen A. World, uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, talk show. And he said he understands his position. He's understand that he doesn't have the leverage that he once did. This is a guy that understands where he is in his career. This is a guy that understands that he is standing at the crossroads of his career. He, he doesn't know how many games he has left. He doesn't know how many years of football he has left. And he's at that, that age where even though the talent is still there, teams might feel well, I can get myself a younger player that can possibly give me that same type of production. He understands that at this particular role of his career, he's more of a mentor type guy. So I feel like when guys understand that, they're comfortable with that, they are more willing to try to negotiate to fit, to see what's the best spot for them, what's the best position for them. And I feel like that's where Richard Sherman is at. So I don't think that Richard Sherman is walking into any anybody's room because he actually represents himself. He, he conducts all his contract negotiations on his own. He's his own representation. 
I don't feel like he's walking into uh, anybody's uh, office and, and demanding a substantial amount of money like he's, you know, j- like he's jailing Ramsey's age and he's at, in the prime of his career. This is a guy that's on the twilight of his career and he understands that. So I feel like the Saints would be able to negotiate a contract that is more friendly. This is the same guy with the San Francisco 49ers that signed mostly an incentive-based contract, right? He signed an incentive-based contract. He bet on himself. So if a guy is going to do something like that, what does that tell you about Richard Sherman? He believes in his ability. He believes that if you put some incentives in there, he's going to be able to get them. So this isn't like you're talking about a Jalen Ramsey. This isn't like uh, you're talking about uh, a Tredavious White, you know, one of those, some of those guys that right now are some of the best corners in the league. He's still one of the best corners in the league, no doubt about it, but he understands uh, his football immortality. So I think the Saints can take advantage of that and cash in on it. Not so much take advantage. That sounds like, you know, sounds like it's uh, facetious, uh, but I feel like uh, the Saints would be able to negotiate and, and and make it worth his while. I, I really do. Shelly says, who that baby? We that baby in New Orleans all the way. Let's do this real talk. Uh, Shelly, uh, thank you so much for being here. And also thank you for coming back. Uh, I seen your, your, your review on the State of the Saints podcast Facebook page. Uh, I don't know who. You said something about somebody threw you off the show. I I remember throwing you off the show, you know, and if you're, you felt uncomfortable, I you know, I apologize with that. This is a, a open forum. We're here to talk about the New Orleans Saints. This is for uh, the Saints fan that eat, sleep, drink, and, you know, like just engulf uh, Saints football. And this is also for the fan that, that that love the Saints but probably just don't know that much about football, you know, and learning. You know, I mean, this, is a, this is a show for everybody. We try to make this as family family friendly as possible. We try to make this as inviting as possible. Uh, we give people opportunities, unless you just up here, you know what I'm saying, on some straight up disrespectful stuff. Uh, you know, like I, I won't throw you off the show, you know, like, but but thank you so much for being here and I appreciate it. You know, and if you, you know, if you had a bad experience, I apologize, but welcome back. Primetime says, I think we're gonna get Quine back at a good deal. Primetime, you know, that would be a good spot, you know, for uh, for the New Orleans Saints, you know, a, a good opportunity, you know what I'm saying, for, for Quan Alexander. Look, Quan Alexander is is a guy who is extremely talented. Uh, but at the same time, Quan Alexander is starting to get uh, a little bit of a reputation for being a guy that's a little bit of a China doll. Now, you know, not a China doll as far as him being soft on the field, but the fact that he, he constantly gets injured. And, you know, you're going to mess around and end up getting a Sean Lee treatment. You know, Sean Lee ended up uh, retiring uh, a couple of days ago. He announced his retirement. Sean Lee was a, a linebacker with a lot of promise, a guy that could possibly, if he would have stayed healthy, could have been mentioned among some of the best linebackers in the league, but he just couldn't stay on the field. It was an ACL tear here. It was an Achilles here. It was a knee here. It was a hamstring there. And when you start to add that stuff up, Everybody is not going to be as patient and as loving as a Jerry Jones Dallas Cowboys. We all know how Jerry Jones is when it comes to his players. Uh, you know, if he has a soft uh, spot in his heart for his players, he'll end up keeping those guys around. But most NFL teams aren't going to be like that. And Quan Alexander has to be really, really careful. And it's no fault of his. He was out there balling out uh, towards Achilles and everything is every all signs are indicating that he's going to make a speedy recovery. But at the same time, teams want to make sure that they're actually getting, in the words of Bobby Bear, 
some bang for their buck. Uh, teams aren't going to want to go out there and give you a big time contract if they're not going to uh, be able to count on uh, for, on you to be on the field, right? There's there's a saying, and I think I, I heard this from uh, John DeShazer. He's hell when he's well, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> which is it's funny by the way. He's hell when he's well, but uh, you can't make the club in the tub, all right? So Quan Alexander could have a great opportunity. I think he loves playing here. I think the teammates are rally behind him. I think that the dynamic between he and the Mario Davis and you add Pete Warner uh, to the mix, along with Zach Bourne, I think you got yourself a recipe for a really good linebacker room. But Quan Alexander, I wish him all the best. Wherever he goes, rather than the New Orleans Saints or some other team, he has all the tools to be extremely productive for anybody's team. He still has youth on his side. But at the same time, you start to get injured and those injuries start to pile up and you're missing uh, double digit type games. You know what I'm saying? More than two or three games over the course of your career, teams start to uh, really question should they bring you in. But if it was me, I, I don't think it would be a no brainer for the right price, by the way. Who's going to start quarterback? Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, to me, is going to start at quarterback. Now, People make some very interesting points. People people say some very interesting things, very intriguing uh, commentary, you know, very intriguing statements, you know, make you think, make you uh, put your hand on your chin, you know what I'm saying, and really contemplate. Like, you know, but at the same time, to me, Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback because, to me, Jameis Winston is the best quarterback in the Saints locker room right now. I, I, I mean – Maybe somebody else got some tape, you know, got the lost tape. Maybe you got a whole VHS tape of Taysom Hill out there balling out better than Jameis. But as for me, the only thing that Taysom does better than Jameis is run. He's faster than Jameis. Jameis Winston, to me, is a better quarterback than both of these guys. Jameis Winston has a larger sample size than most of these guys. Jameis Winston has been in more situations than any of these guys, for the exception of maybe Ian Book when it comes to college football. But it, it does not matter. It does not matter. You know what I'm saying? I understand that Ian Book went to back-to-back college football playoffs. I understand that Ian Book has been on national TV because he played at Notre Dame and they have the contract with NBC, but he has not played on this level. So for everybody out here that's trying to make the, the comparisons between he and Drew Brees, oh, he's six foot tall like Drew. He has a birthmark by his eye like Drew. He has the arm strength like uh, Drew. He's a gamer. This guy still has to come in. He still has to graph the playbook and he still has to uh, he still has to adjust to the speed of the NFL. And as far as Taysom Hill is concerned, look, Taysom Hill is a really good quarterback, but Taysom Hill is going to be 31 years old. Taysom Hill, in my opinion, if he would have. Let me just let me just say this very, very I'm trying to say this and be as kind as I possibly can. If, if Taysom Hill was everything people would have him out to be, he would have been a starter already. The Saints would have used him as trade leverage. They would have used him as trade bait. They would have used him in order for them to, you know, be able to benefit from it. But instead, they decided to put an offensive package together to keep him around. And I think the Saints like him because he's a he's a matchup nightmare. But I don't think it's so much about the fact that him playing quarterback. People are looking at, well, you know, he came in and he played quarterback. Look, he came in and played quarterback for two simple reasons. Two. I want y'all to understand this. Two simple reasons. Number one, because of the pandemic. Because of the pandemic, 
you didn't have OTAs, you didn't have minicamp, you didn't have, uh, you know, you, you didn't have opportunity to have Jameis Winston in a building to be able to compete for a backup job. Because I guarantee you, if Jameis Winston would have came in during training camp, they would have had OTAs and minicamp, and he would have been able to grasp the playbook, he would have beat out Taysom Hill. That's number one. And number two, which a lot of people try to ignore, these guys negotiate contracts. They negotiate contracts, which means they they create these type of advantages for themselves. Sean Payton promised Taysom Hill, upon him re-signing with the New Orleans Saints, that if something was to happen to Drew Brees, he would give him the opportunity. So people will say, well, why Jameis didn't start over Taysom? That's why. It was Sean Payton keeping his promise to Taysom Hill. And here's another simple thing. We know that Sean Payton would ride with something till the wheels fall off. He is going to give a guy an opportunity. He is a man of his word. That is who Sean Payton is. He is a man of his word. We we get on Sean Payton because he is too loyal. So Sean Payton gave Taysom Hill that opportunity because Taysom wanted to show that he could play the quarterback position. And that was a condition of his contract. So people like, man, you know, Taysom Hill, man, Taysom Hill, Taysom. Taysom Hill played because that was what was negotiated during the contract signing. It's just as simple as that. It wasn't like he was just so much better than Jameis. It wasn't like so much like he had better arm strength, better ability. And the only reason why people are saying this about Jameis right now is because you actually seen him play. You seen him play for an organization that was struggling. And miss me with that stuff about Tampa Bay uh, you know, winning a Super Bowl because that is not the same team that Jameis was on. That is not the same front office, and they definitely didn't have the same vision. And if you're saying that the same playing field is the it's the same playing field between Jameis Winston and Tom Brady, please let me know what you've been smoking and what you've been drinking. Tom Brady comes in and he demands respect. You're going to listen a little longer. You're going to go out there and try to make things comfortable for Tom Brady because of who he is. This guy has seven Super Bowl championships. Are you telling me that you're not going to bend for arguably the greatest quarterback of all time? Versus a quarterback who you you drafted and had some up and down seasons, you're not going to listen longer to to Jameis than you are going to listen to a Tom Brady. So all those people out there that feel like Taysom is is just a rifle, like please tell me what has Taysom done? Like in, in a small sample size, and I get it, right? Let's give him opportunity, fine. But what has he done for you to see? But for you to actually just like have the have the courage to just come out here and say that he just leaps and bounds better than James. That that's all I want to know. That, that's all I want to know for the people that that feel the difference of opinion. Because I, I I'm not into a popularity contest. Some of y'all into a popularity contest. Oh, he tried hard. You seen how he hurdled over that Tampa Bay player? You seen how he ran down the sideline? You seen how he lowered the shoulder? Look, man, I'm not into a popularity contest. I'm trying to win some damn football games. I don't care if you Jameis Winston, Winston from Ghostbusters. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Winston Cigarette. If you can go out there and you can ball out, I want you on the squad. Some of us, we fall in love with these players based on the fact of how, you know what I'm saying, how they made us feel at certain moments. So we give them the benefit of the doubt because in the back of our mind, we want them to work out. 
I want Taysom to be successful because Taysom's success is 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 in, 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 in conjunction with the same success. But if you're asking me who the better quarterback is, it's a guy who won the Heisman Trophy. It's a guy that won the national championship. It's a guy that was a first pick overall. And it's a guy who went to an organization that as soon as he stepped foot on Tampa Bay's uh, football campus, you know what I mean? It was behind the eight ball. And it was a team that were trying to figure it out in the process of him being a quarterback. So that's my that's my thoughts about it. Not knocking anybody for feeling the same way that they do about Taysom. That's your opinion. But as for me, I just think that it's wishful thinking if you think that Taysom Hill is going to beat out Jameis Winston. It, it, it's not happening. N- not, not to me, at least. Ghostface, thank you very much for being a supporter of the State of Saints podcast. Said Jameis to me is like the guy on the couch from Half Baked. I just believe in him. Yeah, you know, like it is. I I just believe that a guy can can change the narrative. Like some of us don't give guys opportunities to change the narrative about themselves. Like we we just automatically just assume that we know about the situation. You know what I'm saying? Like we we just automatically know. But let me just be devil's advocate here. What if people wrote us off based on the areas in which we grew up? You know what I'm saying? Like if we really like just bought into what these people actually say about us. I grew up in the night ward in New Orleans, some around some of the toughest areas in the night ward, right? But what if somebody just wrote me off and just like, man, look, that look, look where he's from, man. He ain't never gonna amount to nothing. You know, like what wh- how would that make you feel? That you can't change the narrative. You know what I'm saying? Or rewrite the history of what people actually perceive coming from an area like that. What, you know what I'm saying? Like, why can't we give this guy the benefit of the doubt and allow this guy to change the narrative of what people actually think about him? Like, we can't just think that, you know, everything just an easy read. We've seen this guy in Tampa, but we have not seen this guy in the Saints uniform. That's all I'm saying. You know, like, I, I just feel like we have to give this guy an opportunity. If he if he goes out there and he beats out Taysom, I say get this guy an opportunity. I just think that people just want something new and fresh and something that they never seen before or something that they feel like is, is the way that the NFL is going. Taysom Hill's ability to do the read option, and we see how successful that is in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, and we know he has to, you know, kind of the same level of speed as Lamar and we, we look at that and we're like, man, we can do something with that. And, and sometimes, like, you know, subconsciously, we start to believe that that's the quarterback that we actually need to start winning football games. But that's not always the case. I trust this coaching staff as far as developing players because we know for a fact that they know how to develop players. They know how to put uh, players in position to succeed. And I don't think that Jameis would be an exception. And I, I would go even further. If Jameis Winston don't pan out in New Orleans, I think he should hang it up. I, th- I think he should wrap it up. I don't think he will ever, ever become a starter in the National Football League to a point where he is so comfortable that he don't have to look over his shoulder anymore. I, I really feel that way. Like, if you can't – I guarantee your organization is going to be like, if you can't succeed – with Sean Payton, arguably one of the best play callers in all of football, then you're never going to pan out. Like, I feel like he's going to get the Geno Smith treatment. 
he's going to get the Tariah Taylor treatment. A guy who was always going to be the bridesmaid and never the bride after this. Like, so to me, this is his last opportunity. Like, this is, like, they, they make a joke about it, but it's true. It's the Harvard of quarterback uh, play. You have arguably the greatest quarterback of all time in Drew Brees. You got arguably one of the best play callers of all time in Sean Payton. Like, we've seen Sean Payton get Teddy Bridgewater paid. Like, we've seen uh, Sean Payton make people make phone calls about Taysom Hill. So, if you can't make it here, I don't think you can make it anywhere. That, I mean, that that's just me. TJ, who will start at tight end this season? Oh, uh, <laughs> Adam Troutman? Uh, that's, Adam Troutman going to start. You know, Adam Troutman, but I still don't feel like the Saints are out of the woods just yet. I still feel like you need to get yourself another tight end. Nick Vernet, uh, you know, Nick Verrett, uh, I feel like he is a uh, a blocking tight end. I don't feel like he's like an every down tight end like you'll see like a Jared Cook or, you know, or a ben, uh, uh, ben Watson or something like that. So I think they – but Adam Troutman is going to get the nine. He's going to get the nine, uh, in my opinion. Shelly says, yep, yep. Tramal said Taysom is a career backup. Look, I, I don't even think – I'm trying to be nice. Taysom Hill is in the best situation he ever going to be in his NFL career. It's just that simple. He's in the best situation. Any other place that Taysom Hill would have been, any other place that Taysom Hill would have been, he would have been riding the pine. At least the New Orleans Saints, like they, they, they put this package together for him to actually see the field. And I feel like any other place that he would go, you, you might not have an offensive mind like, like Sean Payton to be able to create packages for you. This is the best situation that Taysom Hill can be in. Like, I don't want Taysom Hill to be like Tim Tebow. Like, you're not like Tim Tebow, you know, wanted to uh, play quarterback and everybody wanted to switch his position, play fullback, play tight end. He didn't want to do it. I'm a quarterback, and I get it, right? Been a quarterback your whole life. You won a Heisman Trophy, won a lot of games at Florida. But as a quarterback in the National Football League, you just didn't have it. And, and you're going to have to, like, come to grips. You know, like, I'm not saying right now because the quarterback competition is still going on, and we don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm just making I'm just making a statement, giving my opinion. He might come out there and ball out. But if he does not, if he it just so happened that he doesn't, I feel like he just needs to come to grips and be like, okay, let me just settle into this position and this role right now. Because in reality, would Taysom Hill got as much money as he got if he didn't play all those positions? No, no, he, he probably would be sitting on somebody's bench making about one or two million dollars. This guy is sitting up here with a $16 million guaranteed contract and get opportunity to play all over the field. So I think that if you want to continue your career in the National Football League, if you want to continue to be a football player, I think if you don't win this competition, I think that you still have aspirations of being a quarterback in certain situations. But you come to grips to say, I'm just going to do whatever they ask me to do, like I've been doing. Because – 
right now, you know what I'm saying? Like you can make an argument to say that he's one of the greatest overachievers in, in the National Football League right now. Like seriously, man, like you're not going to get that type of money just riding the pine unless your name is Chase Dane. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not. Like this guy Swiss armed his way to $16 million. And the chances of you doing that ever again are slim to none. So I just think that if he goes to camp, they have a fair competition. He loses the competition. He should just come to grips and be like, okay, I mean, the Swiss Army knife roll isn't as bad. You know, and you can continue to play. But if you have aspirations of being a quarterback, you might go to a team that don't really see everything they can do in you just like Sean Payton did. So I think that's something that that he needs to think about. I think that's something that he needs to – he may need to figure out if if he don't win this competition. Uh, Black and Gold Breakdown Podcast, thank you very much for the 299. The Saints signed undrafted free agent uh, Dylan Scherner, solid blocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had him on a list, if I am mistaken. Let me see if I can I can find who you're talking about here. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the tight end from Iowa State. He's six foot seven, two hundred seventy two pounds. Uh, he's originally from Prairie Grove, Arkansas. Uh, he played in forty nine games, recorded twenty six receptions for three hundred and twelve yards and one touchdown. In twenty twenty, he played in eleven games and posted eighteen grabs for two hundred and five yards. And he was voted by Lee's coaches as the Big Twelve Honorable Mention selection. In 2019, he posted seven receptions for 107 yards and one touchdown, earning conference honorable mention honor. So as you can see, uh, yeah, Dylan Schooner, uh, you know, big guy, big, you know what I'm saying, a lot of size. Uh, definitely the type of uh, player that Sean Payton loves, especially down in goal line situations. A guy, you know, if you can uh, teach him how to get those 50-50 balls, go up there and grab it. You know, I mean, this this is a huge man right here. You know, like this this is a big man. So he has a strong possibility of making a team. And he definitely fits that mold of what uh, Sean Payton likes. And we all know that Sean Payton has a has a type. OK, anybody that's saying Sean Payton don't have a type and, and Sean, I love you. But getting up there acting as if like y'all don't have a type. Come on. Like, come on, dude. Like y'all love Ohio State players, y'all like defensive ends that you know that's over six foot seven that that's almost like Javon Kurtz style hybrid type defensive ends, you know. Like, come on, man, the the, the the jig is up, okay? The jig is up. Let's stop pretending like y'all don't have a type. Let's stop pretending like y'all don't love Ohio State players more than any other players in college. Let's stop pretending, okay? Let, let's stop pretending that when it comes to tight ends, you like the tight ends that's big and tall. They all have a type, all right? So let's let's stop pretending and acting as if we don't know what's going on. And, 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 and I, like I said, I love Sean, Sean Payton, man. He's a he's a great – yeah, he's a great coach. But when he talked about Ian Book and they asked him the question about uh, what quarterback do you see reminds you of yourself, and he, and he said Ian Book, he said that – he said that um, I want to say Rich Eisen. He was on Rich Eisen, so he said Rich Eisen brought it up. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Coach, no, he didn't. All right, and I understand. Like at that day, and I'm pretty sure, like he probably legitimately 
didn't remember. I mean, if I were, I'm pretty sure like he did his fair share of interviews that day. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the only interview he did. So he probably didn't remember. And I'm pretty sure like you do enough interviews in the course of the day, your mind is on autopilot. But Rich Eisen didn't bring that up. You did, coach. But at the same time, I mean, he's here now. So we'll see. We'll see. Norman says, we love you, bro. You the GOAT. Keep it up, man. We proud as he'll be a part of this, man. Uh, we going worldwide. Well, I appreciate that, Norman. Uh, thank you very much for your support. I really do appreciate that, man. I appreciate everybody being here. Appreciate everybody that's been holding it down since day one. I appreciate everybody choosing the State of the Saints podcast uh, as their uh, podcast for the Saints information. Like We built this podcast from the ground up. We ain't cut no corners. We ain't paid people to get on the show. We didn't do all these different things, you know what I'm saying, to try to make ourselves stand out, look appealing. We may not have the, the, the greatest diction in the world. We may not be the snappiest dressers in the world. But guess what? I think I'm one of the best out here. I think we have one of the best podcasts out here. And ain't nobody. I don't feel like, you know, when it comes to, like, grinding, I don't feel like nobody doing it as hard as me. I, maybe I'm being biased. Maybe I'm being biased and maybe I'm not looking at everybody, but you might sound better than me. Hell, you might look better than me, dress better than me, but I guarantee you, you ain't going to want it more than me. It's just as simple as that. I mean, you, you it, I don't feel bad about saying that. We built this podcast from the ground up. We, we, we started off just doing voiceovers and slideshows, and now we're in front of the camera talking to some of the best and the brightest minds in football. And we when we got here through hard work, dedication. Like if you if you look at me or you look at my podcast or you look at me on on Instagram, Facebook, we ain't trying to fake it to make it around here. Okay. I ain't trying to go out here spending two, three hundred dollars to for a photo, you know what I'm saying, for a photo shoot to make myself seem important. I'm an everyday, you know what I'm saying, everyday guy who goes to work, take care of his family, married. That's what I do. I'm an everyday guy. All right. And we build this thing from the ground up, and I'm proud of what we built. I say we. I didn't say I built. We built. I'm proud of this. When I get in front of this camera every single day, every single time I do a podcast, I'm proud of what we built here. And you should be proud. Because in reality, we weren't supposed to be at this point. We, we don't we don't supposed to be talking to people like John DeShazer. We don't supposed to be talking to people like Zach Street. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so we did it. And we, and we just getting started. Like, we we just getting freaking started. We just getting started. We're in a room now, man. Since we're in a room, man, we're going to make the best of it. King Arthur uh, is TJ. What do you think about those corners from Syracuse and Tennessee we picked up? Also, the undrafted free agents that we pick up that uh, you're interested in. Uh, well, you already mentioned him, uh, King Arthur, number one with Trill Williams, the six foot two, uh, 200 plus pound cornerback out of Syracuse. Uh, big, tall guy, a guy that's not afraid to go up in there and lower the boom. Uh, the only thing I, I'm concerned about him is, is as far as his movement. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes uh, he can get beaten coverage. But I think at the same time, like I think that the Saints can actually do something with him. I think that they're starting to get some of these taller guys because they seen Chris Richard have success with these guys out in Seattle. Okay. We seen how he did with Byron Maxwell. 
uh, you know, got Byron Maxwell paid out there in uh, Miami, and it just didn't pan out, right? But I think that the Saints uh, see that they can actually get some of these guys in because they feel like Chris Richard could kind of help these guys uh, be able to utilize their, you know, their 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 height, you know what I'm saying, and their skills and their, and their wingspan. Uh, also, I want to make sure I'm getting this uh, brother's name correctly, but Bryce Thompson, cornerback out of Tennessee, he's five foot eleven. 185 pounds. Uh, he was a three-year letterman starter for the Volunteers. He's from South Carolina, out this way. Native played 32 career games and 28 starts, recorded 102 tackles, 73 solo, eight tackles for loss, two sacks, eight interceptions, 19 pass deflections, uh, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. So a very active college career. Um, as a junior in 2020, Thompson played in 10 games with eight starts. And posted 36 sacks, 27 solo, two stops for loss, two interceptions, four pass uh, defenses, one forced fumble, and then a fumble recovery. So this guy's been pretty active. Uh, you know, I mean, it's always good to have those guys that stay around college sometimes. You know, it takes them time to develop. By the time they get into the league, they know about being a leader. They know about, you know, going out there uh, competing. So, I think that the Saints want to make this thing interesting. I think that the Saints are a team. They're, they're not like some of these other teams that try to uh, put a square peg into a round hole. If, if it don't work, they don't try to make it happen. The Saints want to have a cornerback competition to make sure that they put the best guy on the field. And I'm not mad at that. But I also feel like you have to get yourself a veteran. you got to get yourself a veteran that understands the speed of the game. Sometimes – these, these rookies go through growing pains because they, they have to get adjusted to how fast the NFL is. So if you can get a guy like Richard Sherman, who's the topic of conversation here today, and you combine that with a, with a young guy that can actually learn from him, then I think that you'll have yourself some, some success. So, But thank you all so much. Uh, the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And I have a, a promotion for you all. If you go to manscaped.com and you use the promo code State of Saints, that's all one word, State of Saints, you will save 20% off of your purchase, okay? 20% off of your purchase. And there's something that's coming out really, really soon that I, I am so happy to announce, man, but it's, it's coming out uh, for, Man, for Manscaped in a couple of days. So, uh, be um, and look for. I'm looking forward to uh, telling you all that great news. But check out manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints. You'll save twenty percent off. Uh, thank you to all those that have purchased your Manscaped items, helping uh, Manscaped continue their partnership with the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you to everybody that donates uh, to the State of the Saints podcast. I, I appreciate that as well. Uh, let's see, TJ. I heard you guys. You just talked about having issues with uh tightness in their hips with change of direction that can be detrimental when playing receivers who uh great route runners, yeah. But uh, Keaton Arthur, that's not something that, that can't be fixed or adjusted. Like all these guys, uh, you know, they have issues, right? You know, like and it's up to these, these coaches to get these guys in position to to win their matchups, to become better players. It's not you, – you, I mean, it, it's very rare that a player won't come into the league having, like, some type of limitation. But if you can get a guy that's willing to learn, that, that can humble himself and don't feel like he has all the answers, 
then you can have yourself something. And I think that these guys can can do it. And if they can't, then no harm, no foul. You know, you go out here and you try to find yourself somebody uh, that can come out there and give you what you want for the time being. And, you know, if, if things don't work out throughout the season, then you go into the draft and you try to see if you can get better positioning uh, and get yourself a cornerback. And maybe next year you'll be able to get the corner that'll be able to be on that opposite side of Lattimore. So I'm not upset about that, man. But I think that these coaches do a really good job. And I just really feel like Sean Payton just, just got these guys because he he really has a lot of confidence in Chris Richard. And Chris Richard is going to instill a, a type of swagger and confidence inside of these guys. Him just coming to the New Orleans Saints, I feel like, will be the shot in the arm that the secondary has needed. I think the secondary, I think their confidence level is high, but their technique, like, is very, very spotty. I feel like you're going to have the confidence and you're also going to have the technique. And if you have that, then guess what? You're going to have yourself a really good defense. Chell says, thank you. Have a, a great evening. Okay, you you do as well. Mr. Bourne says the, the ball walker 3,000, I think, uh, come out. <laughs> well, I I didn't hear about that, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that or is that even a real product, <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, that's not what I'm talking about, but I, I am looking forward to, uh, telling you all about it, man. I just can't, you know, not right now, at least casual says I'll make you a deal. TJ I'll buy manscape product. If you make some SOTS merch with those awesome, uh, gold letters, casual decks, you got yourself a deal, man. Um, honestly, I'm in a process right now of making merchandise you know like like consistently making merchandise that you know the thing about it is i have like different websites that i use you know in order like to have shirts and shouts out to people like chemo and and chanel and and, and people like that you know what i'm saying that, that purchase casual uh purchase uh you know people like that you know i purchase like you know the state of saints uh merchandise but i want to make sure that for me to roll it out, I want it just to be consistent. Like I don't want to have to be reliant on someone to, to be doing these products. And, you know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that they're quality. And a lot of the times, you know, I, I have not been satisfied with some of the companies that I've used. And I feel like if I want, I don't want to wear the shirt. Why would I want anybody else to do it? So I'm worried. I'm taking upon myself to personally uh, do them myself. Uh, I already got uh, things that I need, the materials. And once that happens, then we're definitely going to have some shirts rolled out. We're definitely going to have some merchandise rolled out. It's going to be affordable. I ain't trying to break nobody down. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I want to be able to make sure that if you're wearing SOTS products, I want it to be quality. I don't want it just to be, oh, I'm just trying to make a quick buck. Nah. OK, never been like that. Ain't trying to be like that, even though I understand, you know, the State of Saints podcast, you know, it's a brand and everything like that. I want to make sure that's a quality brand. So that's the reason why, you know, that, and I want to make sure that I consistently have that merchandise for you all. But it's coming out really soon. I promise you that. Jeremiah says our team uh, is ready for the 2021 uh, season schedule on next Wednesday evening. Well, I hope so. Um, I hope they are, you know, like. I think it's going to be an interesting season. I think that I think they'll be ready, man. 
Buck Crazy said, what up, TJ? Love the show. Keep up the good work. Go Bucks. Well, Buck Crazy, thank you so much for being here. Congratulations to you all winning the Super Bowl. Hopefully, you know, the Saints can uh, have some of that success this year. Uh, we'll see, man. I mean, you all have that huge target on your back. Uh, I mean, last year you snuck up on a lot of people, but this year, man, you're going to get everybody's best game. But you have, you all have a lot of the players coming back. You added uh, some depth. So it's going to be a very interesting season in the NFC South. LMG uh, Sayal says, did you watch the Lattimore arrest video? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just kind of getting away from that type of stuff. I, I just can't watch that, man. I can't remember the last time I actually just sit up there and just watched a uh, police video. I, I just can't, man. Like, I don't know, man. I'm just... I'm just tired of watching stuff like that. I mean, I heard about it. I heard some things, but no, I didn't watch it. I, and if you ask me, I, I don't have any intentions on watching it. You know, uh, I'm just glad that, you know, nothing seriously happened. I understand he got arrested and everything like that, but I mean, he's out. Pretty sure you're probably going to have to sit down a few games, but I'm just, I'm just glad that, you know, it, it's not to a point where we're talking about, you know, him going to jail for a long time, you know, Aaron Hernandez type situation. You know, I'm just happy that that's not the case. All right. So that's my opinion on that. But no, I, I didn't check it out. Uh, Gigatis, thank you very much for the for the $5. Says TJ, what do you think about Lawrence Bulls, the third, 4240, uh, or five foot something, 170, 180 pounds? Sorry if you covered this already i missed the beginning of the show well lawrence woods uh lawrence woods let me let me read his stats real quick lawrence woods okay he's from thurman state he's 5'9 180 pounds uh, he's a st louis native uh, was named division two all-american following the 2018 season in which uh he was also the great lake valley conference special teams player of the year uh, that season, Woods returned three kickoffs for a touchdown and averaged 50.8 yards per return. That's insane. Uh, he played only four games in 2019, but added another 87-yard touchdown return in the season opener versus Drake while adding a pair of interceptions and uh, eight pass breakups. Woods did not suit up for the Bulldogs this season, opting to focus on preparing for the beginning of his NFL career. So, this guy right here is a, a lightning in a bottle. And I think that's a good pickup. You know, I, I love Deontay Harris. I think that he is the best return man in football right now, but he does have a tendency of getting hurt. I mean, we've seen when you had to go to guys like Marquez Callaway, uh, you had to go to people like, you know, put Traquan back there a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? I had to put Alvin back there a couple of times. So if you can get another guy, um, you know, that can give you that same type of production on special teams, you take advantage of that. You know, you, you too, you at least bring him in to see what he actually uh, had. So uh, I think that's a good pickup. You know, I think that he will serve well on special teams. And if he goes out there and he shows a little bit more, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the New Orleans Saints uh, find a way to put him in the game, just like they did, uh, just like they did with uh, Deontay Harris. And you know, the Saints are, they always finding those guys that are diamonds in the rough. I mean, we, we look at, you know, we look at Deontay Harris. I mean, he, he didn't come from a big name school, right? But he went to assumption, if I'm not mistaken, like it's not a big name school. And this guy 
uh, Truman State. Like, I, I mean, uh, I ain't never even heard of that, you know? <laughs> so I never heard of Truman State. So gonna, I, I think that uh, they're going to be a play for him, man. Guys, you know, seem like he's he lightning in a bottle. Uh, we're going to make a, a playoff NFC Championship and Super Bowl 56 in L.A. Uh, next year. What do you think about Jameis Winston and the rest of them players? I think Jameis Winston, if he comes in focused, ready to work, uh, blocking out all the white noise, and and just dial in, I think that he'll be fine. Uh, I think that if the Saints – understand and play the way they did when Drew Brees wasn't in the game. The defense stepped up, special teams stepped up, offense stepped up. I think they'll be just fine. All right. And, and I also feel like this is for the first time in a very long time that the Saints are really flying under the radar. Like I understand that we get mad because ESPN, Fox Sports, one uh, other news outlets don't really cover the Saints, but for the most part, the Saints have been relevant due to the fact that Drew Brees has been their quarterback. I mean, you you have to mention the Saints because of the great because of the great quarterback player Drew Brees. But now that Drew Brees is gone, people don't have the same expectations for the New Orleans Saints. They don't feel like the Saints should have Super Bowl aspirations. They feel like the Saints should have rebuilding aspirations. So you no longer have that pressure. You no longer have the pressure of Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like the Saints are a Super Bowl favorite or the Saints going to the Super Bowl. You no longer have that pressure. So now you're creating a narrative, a new narrative of what people actually have to feel about your team. So I think that would be beneficial to the New Orleans Saints that the fact that they can go out there and they can play their game and they don't have to have the pressures of, you know, Oh, man, are they going to the Super Bowl? What they going to do in the playoffs, this, that, and the third? So I think that's going to be beneficial to the team. Fan, fan base workplace, thank you very much for the $20. Says, great show, TJ. What do you think about the wide receiver we got at pick number 255? Also, uh, will he be a good replacement for Sanders? Well, you're talking about uh, Kawhi Baker, uh, who came – I think he's about six foot one, 215. And he came out of a USA, a University of uh, South Alabama, out there in Mobile, Alabama. And, and I have a few clips of him right here. You can take a look at it. Uh, this guy right here, man, he, he's pretty excited, man. He's a he's a guy that, to me, um, he doesn't remind me so much of Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders, to me, is more of a finesse receiver, good Chris route runner. This guy, to me, reminds me just of a, a – a bruising type wide receiver. He has a little bit, and he mentioned this. And since he said it, I guess I can see a little bit of Depot Samuels in you. Like you see a lot of the plays that he's running, you'll see in this clip. It's a lot of jet sweeps that he's running out there. You okay? I mean, you see the back shoulder fade there, the quarterback threw to him. So I mean, he he has uh you know good ball skills. Uh, but a, a lot of the times I'm seeing him running in between the tackles, uh on the jet sweep, and also just him being in a slot. And I feel like this is something that the Saints have been missing for a while, having that third down wide receiver that you can look to. They they tried to do that with Traquan Smith. To me, it just didn't work out. Uh, I like Traquan, but I don't think Traquan is as physical as, as most people that you'll line up in the slot. Uh, this guy right here, you know, when, you, when you're playing in a slot, you got to be wired a little bit different. 
Okay, you got to be wired a little bit differently. You got to be able to, you know, understand that there's a possibility that you can take that big hit. But it don't seem like he's afraid of it. I feel like the Saints can find packages and ways to get him in the game. Right here, man, you know, you see him fighting to try to get into the end zone. So I think that he will be a really good pickup, especially like in third down situations. I feel like in third down, uh, I haven't I haven't seen like constant production, a guy that you know for a fact that the Saints are going to go to on third down since like Willie Sneed has been here. So I think this guy can be your Willie Sneed. I feel like he can be your Kenny Stills. I feel like he can be your Lance Moore, uh, you know, so. And I like the fact that the guy's confident in himself. Like he, he he has confidence. So might be a really might be a really good pickup. Might be a really good pickup. All right, we're gonna read a few more and then we're gonna get up out of here. Uh Andreas says Baker reminds me of Depot Samuels. Uh he has nine rushing touchdowns last season. Yeah, around 218 yards. I want to say rushing. So they definitely uh, aren't afraid to put him uh you know in, in those uh no jet sweep situation. He's not afraid of the contact. Uh, that last play where you see him you know, try to fight and get into the end zone. I mean, it shows me that this guy is hungry. And I think that the Saints got themselves a dog, you know. So, but I mean, he still has to go into the training camp. He still has to go out there and prove himself. I mean, he's, he's picked number 255. He wasn't picked number 55. He wasn't picked number five, right? So still not a guarantee that he's going to make the team. The Saints would have uh, got him on the team regardless because they were going to sign him anyway, as he said. But he has to go out there and prove. Empty-minded gaming, thank you very much for being a supporter. Says I think Baker would be a good fit. Yeah, me too. You know, the Saints do a really good job at getting guys that fit their system. And you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I think it might be a good thing that the Saints aren't as desperate as we want them to be sometimes. You know, that may sound crazy because a lot of uh, a lot of our way of thinking, including my own, uh, is based on how last season ended, right? If, you know, if things didn't turn out the way that we wanted last season, we start to look around and say, why didn't the Saints, why couldn't they get over the hump? What plays could have been made and we started like thinking about them addressing certain positions, but the saints, they're, they're different from other teams. Other teams, they get those positions there. You know, they, they kind of reek of desperation from time to time, but the saints, they don't care. Like if, if a player does not fit into their system, if they don't feel like that guy would be a good in a locker room, if they don't feel like that guy is smart, if they don't feel like that guy is tough, they don't feel like that guy who will be able to mesh with the other players, they do not get those guys. And maybe that, you know, that's frustrating to us because we want them to get them. But at the same time, for the last couple of years, they have proven that they're right more times than not. You know, like we, we get mad and get frustrated because we want to see them draft the players that we want, the players that Mel Kuyper and Ty McShay have talked about, the players that we've seen on YouTube, highlight videos galore. But it's not so much about the highlights. It's about what can that person do when they get to the, to the, to the organization? Because you have to look at it, folks. If you're a number one receiver in college and, and you're a go-to guy, and nine times out of ten you're getting a football, 
And you notice the way the Saints play. Like, you know the way they do it. They they throw the football to the person that's open. They, they, they Like, you have to really humble yourself to be in a Saints offense. Like, you can be a, a running back that's capable of running for 120-plus yards a game, but you may not get the opportunity to do it. You might be a wide receiver that's capable of averaging, you know what I'm saying, 100-plus yards per game or, you know what I'm saying, or close to it, but – you you might not be able to do that because it is is running back by committee for to a certain extent is is wide receiver by committee to a certain extent and you got to be able to humble yourself and maybe the saints understand what they actually have within the organization and they understand that maybe more than we do and i guess in some ways i can actually appreciate what the saints do because you know, like I said, maybe it's good that they're not as desperate. Because think about this, man. When you're desperate, you don't make the right decision sometimes. Like you ever been, like you ever been, uh, you know, like had to pay a bill or something like that. And, you know, like maybe you didn't make the right decision in order to get that money for the bill because you're desperate. You might have, you know what I'm saying, took some money here or uh, took a loan for somebody that, you know what I'm saying, that you don't really trust or, this just stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just using that as an example. But there are several other situations where people are desperate and they make desperate decisions. And I'm glad, you know, like when, when they were making comments about the Saints moving up and moving up to the top 10. And, you know, throughout the draft, people were like, why the Saints didn't move up? Why the Saints don't move up? But then Mickey Loomis gets up there and he says, well, teams want us to play a King's ransom in order for us to move up. And we're not trying to jeopardize the future. I can appreciate that. And I think you should appreciate that because it's showing that even though this team needs certain positions filled, they're not willing to jeopardize the future in order to, you know, you know, live in a now. Right. And if they're going to do it, they want to do it within reasoning. So for that, I can appreciate it for that. I, I can say, I can say, man, you know, thank you for that. Because when we're so focused on the Saints drafting a certain player, when they don't get them, we get frustrated, we get angry, like, like myself, and it's just hard for us to understand the logic. But like I said, nine times out of ten for the last couple of years, they've been hitting them out the park. So I, I, can't, um, I can't knock them for that. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much uh, for – being a part of the show and previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Also, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already, youtube.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Also available on social media, facebook.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Follow yours truly on Twitter, at State of Saints. And for all my swag fans out there, HBCU football fans, you can check out the State of the Swag podcast that's available right now. Uh, I had a special guest on the State of the Swag that I'm going to be uploading really soon. Uh, ESPN play-by-play commentator, Miss Tiffany Green. Some of you probably know her. Uh, she covers and, and, and commentates all the HBCU games on ESPN. I had opportunity to talk to her about Swag football, also Deion Sanders, uh, the Swag Championship, and so much more. That's going to be available on the State of the Saints podcast really soon, so you all can check that out. 
but subscribe to the State of the Swag podcast. All my HBCU folks out there, graduates of HBCUs, fans of HBCU, check it out. I think you all can enjoy it. Kind of the same type of platform as this. And uh, thank you all so much for uh, being down and, and, and supporting the State of the Saints podcast as we transition and we move to higher heights. Uh, merchandise is on the way. Uh, interviews on the way. Uh, I already confirmed that uh, the reporter, Saints reporter Rod Walker will be on the show this week. Um, I'm working something out with Mike DeTigue right now. I should be hearing back from him this afternoon. Uh, you know, if you're looking at this and we're, we're recording on a Monday, I should be hearing from him pretty soon to have him on the show this week. And we're going to try to get a few more individuals to talk about the NFL draft. So keep it locked right here. State of the Saints podcast for all your Saints information. Want to come here, have a good time, laugh, you know, joke around. This is the place for you. If you have not already, go ahead and hit that thumbs up. Hit your boy with that Arthur Fonzarelli. Like I said, some of y'all probably know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't. But hit me with the thumbs up. Hit me with the Arthur Fonzarelli. I really do appreciate it. This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>